Is an actor's voice as important as their look when it comes to casting? Well, filmmakers have more options than stage directors. For example, the voices of many of the Bond girls in the first 007 films were redubbed by German-born British actress Nikki van der Zyl, including Dr. No's Ursula Andress. What's your name? Ryder. Ryder what? Honey Ryder. What's so funny about it? Nothing. It's a very pretty name. What's your name? James. Tell me, honey, did you use your sail all the way up to the reef here? Of course, I always do. Then they'll know we're here. They have radar. Oh, my boat is too small to be noticed. And I often come here to get the shells. At first they used to try to catch me, but they couldn't. Now I don't think they bother anymore. Well, actors need not only to have appealing and versatile voices, they also need stamina. All these skills are taught by Kirsty O'Sullivan, the former head of voice for the Actors Programme in Auckland, who now has her own business called The Voice Practice. She's taking a workshop for aspiring performers who'd like to learn techniques to improve their voices. The Actors' Voice is one of four winter workshops that Toy Fakari New Zealand Drama School is organising. Kirsty says the hardest thing for many is being able to listen to their own voice without flinching. People seem to have a lot to say about our voices. There's, there's always a lot of commentary about how our voices sound. We're too this or too that, too shrill, too nasal. And we're often you know, judging ourselves a lot in that way as well. So, yeah, it can be very deeply uncomfortable. But just because it's uncomfortable doesn't mean it's an area that an actor shouldn't move towards. Can an actor who has uh, maybe uh, a marginal voice, if you like, be able to change it radically? Absolutely. I've seen and experienced huge growth for actors over a period of time. I remember when I was first started working at the Actors Programme, and that would have been in about 2012. And prior to that, I had been teaching within three-year actor training programmes. So I was quite nervous. Here was a one-year actor training program and overseas often the voice programs contained within those actor training programs are four years long and I thought oh what can we do in a year is it possible to actually really start to look at freeing a voice and I tell you that group of actors in that first year was so incredibly committed and focused that the growth that some of them them had was phenomenal. It's a practice, so we need to practice every day. Kirsty, I see that one of the skills you'll be talking about at this workshop is stamina. And again, that's a really big thing, I imagine, particularly for stage actors, to be able to sustain their voices safely throughout a production that might be one hour or two hours or three hours and then night after night. Mm, absolutely. And I think that's also a thing that many actors worry about too, is will I lose my voice? On that note, you may be able to hear it in my voice today, but a couple of weeks ago I had a very bad throat and chest infection, which cleared up almost instantly with antibiotics, but I lost my voice. Apart from feeling that I'd almost lost a limb, you know, I had you know, my, my means of self-expression was so reduced. It was very worrying 
as well because there's a certain level of uncertainty with that. When's it going to come back? How will it sound? Uh, will I be able to work? And so that's what a lot of actors face a lot of the time, particularly when they've got very gruelling schedules or they've got a very high vocal loading uh, over a long period of time. So that's one of the things that voice... Uh, voice training really helps with. So how do you build up that stamina? And effectively, it's about using the voice in a very healthy way. It's about learning a little bit about the anatomy and physiology of the voice so that we can work with the body's processes because, amazingly, we are built to sound. So it's all there for us. It's all there, ready and waiting for us to just learn how to use it. So there's many ways in with that, but a lot of that is core vocal support, which we will be looking at in the Actors' Voice the, in the Winter Workshop series at Toy Fikari coming up. When you hear back from actors who have worked with you and they've gone to auditions, do you get a sense that casting agents, if you like, or directors are equally concerned about an actor's acting ability, their voice, say, and their look? Well, I think it depends what the role is, and it depends who the actor is, but the voice is acknowledged as being critical. I mean, obviously you're going to get some roles where the voice is essential because the character may have a particular vocal quality that's really distinctive. So in that instance, they've got to be sure that they can actually cast an actor who can meet the demands or the requirements of that. So that's one instance. But, you know, I have had feedback from actors where they've been told that their voice is too light, for instance, and that can mean different things to different people. And so I always really encourage them to ask, you know, what exactly does that feedback mean? Does it feel, does it feel like my voice doesn't fit the way that I look or do I lack gravitas or authority and to dive a little bit deeper and see what those comments actually mean. But the voice is is acknowledged as being fairly critical, yeah. Do you also look at accents? I know there are some specialist uh, accent tutors often on TV series and on films, but accents, I mean, I've been to a lot of plays uh, where the actors are required to have accents and they're pretty good for the first 15 minutes and then they kind of fade away towards oh, half no. time and then at the start of you know after half time the accents are pretty good for the first 10 or 15 minutes and then they fade away I mean it's a tough thing even though I feel that New Zealanders when we, we live overseas we're pretty quick at picking up um, accents but you know accent work is is that particularly tricky for some people oh yes I'm glad you asked that because, yeah, I, I agree. I think New Zealanders are pretty good at picking up accents while we're living overseas. Also, uh, you know, we've got a lot of, uh, obviously, we've got a lot of television film that we're all watching now. So whereas once we may have felt a bit more geographically isolated in terms of being around a myriad of accents all day, every day, uh, now that's quite easily accessible, really. So... Now, that's consistency we're talking about there, Lynn, with the uh, accents coming in and out. So it requires an, an incredible amount of focus to sustain them. But actually, I always recommend that actors start working with, if they're taking on a new accent for a specific play, that they start way before rehearsal starts. <laughs> 
So they want to start rehearsals with that accent in place and not find it throughout rehearsal. They've got bigger fish to fry in rehearsal than to worry about trying to acquire an accent then. So I recommend working working with a voice coach is a, a great way to do that. And um, there's many directors now who really acknowledge that and will get a voice coach in to work with their actors prior to rehearsals even starting, which is brilliant. And uh, But even if a voice coach isn't available, there's fantastic websites like uh, accenthelp.com run by a lovely guy called Jim and there's really high quality accent uh, training tools on that website and also huge collections of native speakers of each kind of accent, which is an incredible resource. So I think that, yes, some actors definitely seem to have an aptitude for picking up accents easily and quickly. And that can be due to a range of things. That can be, you know, they may have been um, a natural mimic as they were growing up, or they may have been exposed to particular accents at a really young age, and that sense memory, if you like, has stayed with them. So it might be easier. But... There is a way, um, through the Actors Programme, when I was there, I used to uh, teach an approach to any and all accents. So that's about how to break it down. What are the steps that you need to take to ensure that you're getting the sounds right, the rhythm, the prosody, uh, the energy, I guess, of the accent within the body as well. So, yeah, it... It definitely, while some people may have an ear, it definitely can be worked on by all actors as well. For all these years that you've been working in voice, Kirsty, have you noticed any traits in the Kiwi accent? We know about the upward inflection. Mm. Is that the kind of thing that you might work with an actor on? Or these days, with so many local productions being made, particularly on screen, is having a New Zealand accent what people are prepared to listen to. They didn't always like it back in the day. You know, we were trained to be very British Absolutely, absolutely. I mean, I was growing up in the 70s and 80s and the voice of broadcasting then was a a very cultivated New Zealand accent, if not pseudo-British. So um, that was when a lot of RP or received pronunciation was being worked with. And and I, I think that's really changed. It's really changed, and and particularly, too, if we look at styles of voiceover as well, too. I remember, you know, years ago when I started doing voiceovers, it was, again, a little, there was a little bit of a voiceover thing going on. Now, you walk into a booth, and everyone's like, don't give, no voiceover voices, please. We just want a real person. So I think that's, I think that's changed hugely, and I think that's fantastic, Voice coach Kirsty O'Sullivan, who workshopped the actors' voices on the weekend of the 3rd and 4th of July at Tafaya in Wellington. There'll also be workshops on writing, acting and directing 